kind of got his shit his shit down. All right, so let's uh all right. Man, look at that. We did it. Launched the intro. Didn't break anything. Yeah, it's Vikings happy hour. This is not Matt Anderson. I'm also not Ryan, but I do have Miles here. And we're going to do an episode because it's been a little while. Sorry to keep you waiting, but we're back. We've had some things. People having babies, kids, you know, life Life. stuff. But we're here. We're going to talk some Vikings. But before we jump in, Miles, man, how you doing? How you been? I'm good, busy, like you said. It's summer, like summer's hitting. I feel like it's the should be the dead period in the NFL. I mean, obviously, with the Vikings, it doesn't seem that way. But like life, you know, like you said, kids, you know, work, family, all that stuff. So like, it's just been it's been a minute. But I'm, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Yeah, I was just out there speaking. I was out there, you know, coaching some nine year old rec soccer this evening. Ooh. Some of the worst soccer you've ever seen, but the kids are having fun, so it's all hey, that matters. This is the soccer real. league. For the kids who don't, who aren't playing in like the league that are like, you know, good, <laughs> you know, we go, we play one, we, we play one hour and we go home. Whereas yeah. like, you know, some of the other kids, they're out there like two hours a night, every night. We're, that's not our league. We're the ones who just like, the kids need some exercise. Hey, my, my four-year-old just started soccer on Monday. So I can tell you what bad looks like, but it's all right. Yeah, you, they have fun. But it's cute at that age though. They just it run is, around, chase is, the ball. Is. Yeah, it's cute at that age. So let's jump in. Let's do this. Uh, not going to keep the folks waiting for too long. But before we get in, so Matt doesn't get too mad at me, you know, Vikings Happy Hour brought to you by Lake Monster. That's badass wood art and Eastside Jiu Jitsu. Okay. We got that part done. If you like what you hear, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Dalvin Cook. It's been in the news. It's the thing that people have been talking about forever. The news dropped today. Dalvin, no longer with the Vikings, been released. People seem salty. And uh, I guess I'm looking for your take because, you know, we knew Dalvin wasn't going to be on the team for the upcoming season. The hope seemed to be that, you know, maybe the Vikings could work out a trade. But Dalvin had surgery, so he couldn't pass a physical. So, yeah, he's not on the team anymore. How are you feeling about the fact that basically they just let Dalvin walk for absolutely nothing? Well, so it does sound like they're, like, letting the league know that they're going to cut him tomorrow if they can't get a trade. So it's basically if somebody wants to throw a sixth or seventh late-round pick just to, like, not have to fight for him in free agency, that, you know, but the money part of that is always difficult. So what team's going to take on his, well, like, $9 million salary, whatever that number is? So, yeah, to your point, like, yeah, he's rele- he's probably going to be released tomorrow officially. Um I mean, it's bittersweet just because, you know, Dalvin was, was at his peak a really good player, you know, really high, high-end high elite player at the running back position. But before the before this decision, the Vikings, are, I think, were the highest – had the highest paid running back room in the league. Like, that just can't be. You know, you can't you can't have that investment in, in Dalvin and then also pay Madison and then draft Ty Chandler in the fifth, Kenny Nwangu in the fourth, um, um, McBride in the seventh this year. So, like, you had all these running backs just clogging up a room something's got to give and the most expensive guy on the team um, and the guy that got shoulder surgery this year, which probably was a smart move on his part because 
the timing of it basically guaranteed him additional like $2 million this year. And if he hadn't gotten it, the Vikings might have been able to cut him because he wouldn't have been able to like – because he, he would have passed the physical, all that junk, right? Like, so kind of probably a smart business move on his part. But, um, yeah, I, I think the writing a bit on the wall since the basically this, the end of the season. Um, I think the Vikings probably would have traded him around the draft if he could have passed the physical. But then he didn't. He couldn't. Um, but also the money. I think the money might have factored in as well. Like, basically, once they got past the draft, teams – fill their needs. They do all that stuff. The Vikings were probably like, okay, well let's wait until June 1st to see. Cause if once, if the Vikings wanted to trade him now, they save $11 million in cap space rather than the, the, uh, the nine, if they, if they, if they cut him. So essentially they saved an, an extra $2 million that would go to another team. But I think there's offset language. So if he signs with a new team, that $2 million, depending on the contract kind of goes with, and the Vikings don't have to, to deal with it. But anyways, it, it's just kind of one of those things. June 1st kind of became a deadline because of the money, the, the contract the and his uh, surgery and passing a physical. So it kind of felt like this was a good deadline to, to figure out where things stood and kind of speed up that process before mandatory mini camp and all that stuff happened. Yeah. So like, which camp are you in? Because obviously it's the internet. It's, vikings it's vikings twitter it's reddit it's all this stuff and like everything is going to be polarizing where you you know have a camp of folks that you know the vikings are doing like you know competitive but like a rebuild and the way that they've approached the offseason the people that they're paying money are young and the people who are getting older and don't look like they're going to factor in for like 2024 and beyond are not going to be around and so it's an offseason where you've seen you know now cook Thielen, Kendricks, Patrick Peterson, Darius Smith, like all of these players have left. And one camp says, hey, you know, we were good last year, record-wise. Why aren't we running it back? Other camp is like, I guess it's maybe three. Other camps like, of course, they're doing this, they're clearing the books, they're doing what they should. And then there's maybe an, a, a third camp that's like, how are all these players and people leaving and like we're getting like nothing back for any of them? Like, is Quasi just mismanaging things in terms of you know, what they're doing and what they're looking at or what the values are for these players, I guess. How are you feeling about the way things are going, especially the way things went down with like now Cook and all these other veterans are leaving? And are we maybe seeing um, maybe a lack of experience from Quasi coming through in terms of maybe some of the ways they're trying to value these players? Or is it just Rick's bad contracts coming back to kind of bite the Vikings in the ass at this point? I think it's a little bit of both of what you just mentioned there. I think, I think the Vikings, what crazy and the Vikings are doing now is what we thought that they were going to do last off season when they, when the new regime first came and we thought they were going to clean house kind of and rebuild from there, but they decided, and it sounds like from basically ownership that they wanted to see if they wanted to see if the issue was the coaching and, and the front office or if the issue and the, and, and all that, and, the, and the, all that stuff and the leadership or the, and they wanted to see if, they were right and essentially right. And the players were right that it was the, it was the coaching staff and the, the previous regime was, was the bigger issue than the players. And they kind of came out right in the fact that, you know, winning kind of flipping around and winning, winning those one score games that they were losing the year before with the new regime. Um, so I think it, it kind of brought, it, it bought Quasi more leeway now. Cause I think, I think we knew Quasi the type of GM we expect him to be, at least I expect him to be based off his background is someone that it's not just a year to year process for him. They know, they know that 
they need to create a sustainable product, not just a year-to-year product, which Rick was kind of on. Basically, ever since 2018 when they signed Kirk Cousins, the Vikings have been on this like year-to-year. We got to win every year and do whatever we can, sacrifice some of the future to win now. And Kwesi knows that he's got to create some of that sustainability for his long-term job because he's in a different position than Rick Spielman was. And so I think he viewed that 2022 season as like, yeah, we were good, but I know a lot of those aging players are going to start aging out and they're expensive. It's time to move on. They had a chance to move on from those guys and get some draft capital last year. They didn't obviously didn't do it. So I think that it, it there was no like capital to be had this year. Like there wasn't any value for an Adam Thielen with their con with their current contracts, right? There's no value for Adam Thielen. There's no value for Eric Kendricks. So the best process for those guys was to cut them. Um, it looks like the same thing with Dalvin Cook. Running backs just aren't being paid the way, you know, that Dalvin Cook was making. Dalvin Cook, who was, I think he was set to make 14 million. In, in I mean, cash, 14 right? mil cap hit. Yeah, 14 cap, mil cap yeah, hit, yeah. 13 mil in, in cash. Yeah. In cash. So that's, that's a lot for running back, right? Like we just saw guys like Aaron Jones take a pay cut with the Green Bay Packers. We watched Austin Eckler essentially take a, kind of a pay cut, like a basically didn't really get more money, even though he had so basically like held out for it. So like the running back position in itself just isn't paying. Ezekiel Elliott got cut, you know, all these, like all these things going on around the league with the running back position and, and guys just not making top dollar. So why would Dalvin be any different? He's 28 coming out of injuries. He had probably the worst season of his career in terms of like, uh, the analytical numbers, maybe not, yeah. maybe not the the stats, but the like raw the numbers, numbers, but the the yards over yeah. expectation and all that were not great. They weren't great, and so what team is going to then pay a premium for that, right? And so that kind of just factored into it. And so I just think Quazy got to a point where it's he knows that they they need to figure that out long term. They they have a lot of young pieces to build around now. They're finally they have guys that are starting, and they're going those young pieces are going to be expensive soon. So that means we can't have all these aging veterans also be expensive that weigh us down too. Let's let some yeah. of these young guys develop, which I think the old regime didn't give a lot of those young guys an opportunity to truly develop. And I think to Rick's credit, Rick Spielman's, he's, you're seeing guys that he drafted start to develop now with this new regime, but they weren't developing under the old regime because they weren't getting those true opportunities to do that. Like KJ Osborne right now is, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I think he's going to be like a Pro Bowl level player, but I think he's shown that he's developed into a really good player. Um, I think Christian Darrisaw, maybe Patrick Jones might become a a pretty decent rotational player. Um, And Christian Darrisaw, Brian O'Neill, like a lot of these guys have have developed and and kind of become good players. And that's from the old system, the old old regime. So Justin Jefferson doesn't count (laughs) that like that is what it is, but, yeah, so I just think the Vikings are in, a, are in a different situation where I think they understand they need to build a sustainable long-term product. And I'm just kind of circling back. They need to build that yeah. sustainable long-term product. And I think we can gripe about one or two positions here or there of players that we, we, we miss. We want them to come back. But, like, you got you to gotta try a different strategy from the old regime because the old regime strategy clearly wasn't working after a certain, certain point. And I think Quazy knows that he's got to try something different to really rebuild that roster up on the fly. All right. Well, let's talk about the next one because the next kind of big domino, I guess, that needs to fall or or, or, or player that we need to kind of figure out for their future is, is Daniel Hunter, right? Because, you know, the players that are over 30, 
you know, it's kind of an easy decision to make to, to start to right. walk away from those. Like, you know, 30 is ancient in the NFL. Daniel Hunter, 29, still a very good player, going to command a lot of money, is grossly underpaid right now. And has been. And you could make an argument that, like, Daniel Hunter is the type of player that you would want to keep if you're going to try to be competitive in a competitive rebuild, right? But then you could also make the other argument that the Vikings defense is going to be trash regardless of whether or not Hunter is here. Right. You know, all the stories that are training camp or the offense is just lighting the defense up. We don't even have our top wide receivers there and like we can't cover anybody. And so I guess this is another one I want to throw to you is like, what should we be doing with Danelle Hunter? Like if it was you, are you looking to to ship him out? Because this one feels a little tougher. Like it doesn't seem as black and white as like a Dalvin mm. Cook. Like absolutely, you're not playing a running back that money. Get him out of here. But Danelle Hunter is still a very good player. All of the the advanced stats loved the way that he showed up last season. Presumably, will be a bit healthier even going into this season. Um, so, I guess, what are your thoughts on kind of which way you go, or I guess even like what kind of compensation it would take for you to move on from a Daniel Hunter? Yeah, it, it's one of those tough ones. I, honestly, like, I think I would love to find a way to give him, like, a three-year extension. But that it sounds like that three-year extension probably is in that, like, 20, 22, 23, you know, $24 million per year range. And that, and that in itself is a tough sell for a regime that knows that they're not going to be a high-end caliber team over the next couple of years. Like – and I think that's just a realistic viewpoint to have. And I, so I think they don't view the next two years as being Super Bowl or bust. And, of course, if they make a run, that's great. But I think they view it as an, in a realistic standpoint, like, let's be competitive. Let's let these young players build and grow and develop um, and, and see what kind of happens and who fits. So then you got guys like Daniel Hunter who are in that middle ground. They're not, they're not, they're not over 30. They're not like over, they're not past their prime, but they're still a little bit not in that like 24, 25, you know, 26 year old range where they're like hitting their peak and ready to ascend over the next three, you know, three, four years. They're kind of hitting the top of that peak and probably ready to come down. And that's really hard to want to pay that over a multiple, multiple years when you're in this like weird transition phase, if you're crazy. Right. And so, Hunter's just kind of in that weird situation. But I, I think that Vikings, the one leverage that they do have is that Hunter right now isn't making a lot of money. So, like, I don't think they need – they can hold out. They can also hold out on not, like, just letting anybody come in and be like, here's a fifth-round pick for Daniel Hunter and we will ship him off. They can be stingy about what they get back in return. And if Hunter doesn't want to show up, like, you kind of just that's, – that's how I'd do it, like, I'm at a point like if Hunter doesn't want to show up and he's willing to just like eat that money because it's really not that much and he'll make it back and whatever new contract he'd get in, whether it's from the Vikings or a new team. I mean, so be it. Like you kind of, I think the Vikings kind of got to dig their heels in. It's unfortunate because I think Hunter deserves the money. Like he got the Rick Spielman raked his, his, his old, his, his team over the coals with that, with that, that contract, right? Like those mid round hits though. Like that's one of the big values yeah, that you get. You yeah. get these guys who are coming in, you hit on the mid rounds, especially for the team. They're not making any money. So like the right. first opportunity they have to sign a contract, they're going to do it because they need that security for their family. Yeah. But you saw it with like Stefan Diggs outplayed the contract, became an issue. Daniel yeah. Hunter outplayed the contract. I mean, obviously like the injuries and some other factors with Daniel make it a bit more complicated, 
But now, like, again, like, I played the contract. It's an issue. And you got to figure out what you're going to do in this. I guess I'm yeah. a question for you because I'm on, you know, you know, over the cap. And I just want to run through kind of like the list top paid on an average per year and just kind of wondering where you would slot Daniil Hunter in amongst these names. So you got TJ yeah. Watt, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, Max Crosby, Brad what are those Chubb. guys? What are they making? So the top tier is like 27, 28 okay. average per year, kind of drop down to uh, like 22 to 25 per year, It's kind of that next tier. And then like after that, it's like 20 to like 18-ish is kind of the next tier down. Uh, and it's like the 20 to 18-ish tier, that's the um, Von Miller, Cameron Jordan, Harold Landry, Shaq Barrett. Chandler Jones, that's where you're finding those guys. And then, like, the younger, the guys who are, like, in, you know, Daniel Hunter's age range, those are the guys making, you know, 28, 27, 25, 24. Um, and so you can kind of see where it ends up being a tough one for the Vikings because yeah. Daniel might not be putting up the sack numbers, but, like, the pressures and everything else that he's bringing to the table, he's probably arguing that he should be at the top of that list. Well, but and, that he, gets and he tough. proved. Yeah, and he proved he's scheme versatile. Like that dude, yeah. that dude went from being a uh, a hand in the dirt four three defensive end to an, a three four outside linebacker. People, it might sound arbitrary, but it isn't because the responsibilities are way different in those roles. As much as it feels like they're just edge rushers, they're more than that. Like the responsibilities change, and and Hunter proved that he could still be a a top uh, pass rusher in that role, while he had more coverage responsibilities and more more things where he's he's running the flats and and how he how he's uh setting the edge and those things is different. And so um I'm with I'm with you. I think if I'm Hunter, I'm asking for the the 25 mil per range, right? Like why there's no reason he shouldn't be asking for that. And that doesn't mean he's gonna get it. But like you gotta start high. I think if I'm Hunter, there's not I wouldn't take anything under 20 million per year, right? Like that's just at this point in his career, I think this is his last it's his opportunity to get a last big deal for himself. Um but he's also on par with some of those guys that are making the 23, 24, 25 million dollar range. And so there's no reason for him to sit there and say, I'll take another discount when I already just gave you five years of a of a discount. I give you eight years of a discount if you if you count his rookie deal, because he outplayed that one as a rookie, right? Like yeah. so that, that dude's been underpaid his entire career. And so he's at a point where like, all right, I finally want to make mark like and I'm not saying he wasn't making market rate at the time he signed it, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. When you when you look at future deals like, and all that stuff, right? So he's like, I'm just not I'm not gonna give you that hometown discount anymore. That's just that's an old Daniel. That's old Daniel. Daniel Daniel's matured. I'm not a kid no more. Like, right? Like that isn't it ain't happening. And I don't blame him. Yeah, me neither. And you know, it's he's a great player and he would obviously be a contributor to the team. Right. But when I look at the rest of the depth chart on defense, like yeah. I do wonder how much of a difference having him makes to what the defense is going to be able to do overall, right? Like who else is rushing the passer other than Daniel Hunter? Like, right. Like Davenport, at, this, Patrick Jones. Like, I'm not, no, no, no offense to some of these guys, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. If teams double Hunter, I don't know. You're yeah, looking know. at like, what was the season? Was it Yannick Ngaku? Was that 2021 or 2020? Uh, oh, shit. Was that 2020? I think I think so. that was 2020. Like, that's the type of pass rushing. Like, that's what the pass rusher would look like. Because Daniel Hunter went out with the neck injury 
before the season started, they traded for Unique Ngakwe, which is kind of like a Davenport type player. And then you had nobody else. Yeah. And I think I think Flores in a Zimmer style is going to try to rush the passer by blitzing, but you can only do so much with guys yeah. that just can't play. So it would be interesting, but I'm with you. Like as much as you want to kneel, if you can get a future, if you can get a second round pick, a second and a fourth, a second and a fifth, like obviously a first is ideal, but like that's hard to get at this at this time. But like that, I wouldn't. I would if I was the Vikings, and the if you get to a scenario where it's it's basically trader or he's, he's holding out. Like I'm at that point because you could tell quasi has got a number for what he's willing to offer Daniel. And the way the report came out was they're trying to bandaid 2023 with Daniel Hunter. So like, they're trying to give him like a raise for now while not giving him future money. And like that in itself is just not like Hunter's not going to go for that. So like, if you're the Vikings, you kind of got to play hardball and either hold up on Daniel to sign a contract or, hold out on the fact that a team's going to come get desperate and will, willing to pay for him come July, August, September, and maybe send him home and say, stay ready. <laughs> and that type of thing. Like that, that's kind of like, it's kind of, a, it happens across in other sports, but like, that's kind of what, where we're kind of feels like we're at. Yeah. All right. So like, we'll continue on like the, uh, on the money. Seems that's like really what else is there to talk about in the off season. You got some OTA highlights and all those sorts of things, but like, the next question that's out there, and this is one that I was surprised, but I guess it's the internet, so you should never really be surprised. But when you know we're kind of looking at things, uh, this was a little bit more controversial than I guess expected to be. Justin Jefferson, you know, everyone loves him, basically is the offense for the team. Uh, but there seems to be some like some some back and forth on whether or not Justin Jefferson should be made the highest paid non-QB in the league by the Vikings. And I guess as you start to think about it a little bit more, like the first part is a fan. You're like, of course, Justin Jefferson should be on the team. He should be a Viking for life. We should absolutely do everything in our power to keep him here. But then I guess maybe the other side of that argument is like, do you hamstring the same way we used to talk about like a Kirk Cousins and his big deals, hamstringing what you're able to do on the rest of the team. If you max Justin Jefferson all the way out to, you know, 30 plus mil or whatever it is. I'm sure that he's going to want because he's going to want to beat all those other guys at the top. And he's probably going to want to beat them by a sizable margin. Um, and probably on a shorter term deal. Which yeah. And, and a shorter term deal, which the team is not going to love. So yeah. What do you do? What makes sense for not just like the team and us as fans right now and having our favorite player on the team and like being able to see that for the long term, like, if, like you said, Quasey's looking to try to build a team for the long term that is sustainable, how do you go about this? How are you trying to figure those things out? You mentioned one of the pieces, like how are you trying to structure that deal so that you're setting it up in a way that works for the team, but also makes the player happy? You don't pay players like Daniel Hunter over market rate. <laughs> you don't, like you let guys like Dalvin Cook go. Like for real, that's kind of like where they're at is – some of these decisions do come down to the fact that they need to pay a guy like Justin Jefferson as much as they will have to, like he's going to be making 30 plus million dollars soon. And like, they want to be able to structure that deal where they have flexibility, where it doesn't hinder them, where they can eat it early. Like they probably want to front load that type of deal in the next year where like his fifth year option maybe is like 25 mil cap it because it's already at 19. So maybe tack on a few more, and just kind of help front load it so it spreads out, helps spread out the rest of that cap hit. 
like those types of things probably feel like what they want to do so that they can make it palatable for them, but also be able to continue to build. And obviously that, you know, to your point, that still doesn't make it easy because that number is still going to be a lot. And that guaranteed number is going to be probably the, the most the Vikings have ever given out in, in Vikings history, for being honest, in, a, in like a one one sitting contract. Right. And so I don't know how they're going to go about it, but I, I guarantee if I'm Justin Jefferson, I'm not signing more than a three year extension. There's no way because I'm 23 years old. I want to hit that payday again in three years, four years, because the fifth year option, like I'm hitting that as soon as I can. And so the Vikings probably want that four five, six year type of deal. And they'll give him that same, same type of guaranteed money, but it's spread out over those many years. And so like, that's just, and that just gives the team flexibility and control and JJ's not going to go for that. And so I don't know, it's, it's a tough situation, but like, I think Kwesi's handling it well so far, but I think, I think he knows that they're going to pay him. Like they're JJ's the, probably the one player they're going to like concede with. It's just about how much that the concession looks like. Right. And like what that full dollar ends up being, but it just, it makes you wonder with how they've been with all these other veteran players, cook Hunter, Kendrick Thielen, even Harrison Smith taking a pay cut, like, and basically freeing up all this future money. It's not just JJ. How do they handle that quarterback position? I know this becomes a broken record, but it's, it's just facts. Like, where are they going to go with that quarterback position? Do they pay Kirk again? Because if they're being stingy with guys like Hunter and, um, and all these other players, veteran players that are still, especially like a Hunter who's still really good, but they're willing to pay Kirk Cousins $35, $40 million over the next, you know, for a couple of years. Like, I, 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 I just would have a hard time figuring that timeline out. Yeah. Like, and I know yeah, how I important guess... quarterback is, but like, yeah. Again, we look at future future years too. Like, what does Kirk look like when he's 36, 37, not just 35 right now? Like, that decline's coming. And so, like, those types of things have to factor into the JJ situation as well. Yeah. And so, I guess, you know, one of like, we were all super excited. They went and got some insurance. They drafted Addison, a lot of fans on the show. Um, but another player that obviously the Vikings traded for, you know, Hawkinson. And that's another name that's been kind of thrown yeah. around. And yeah. so one of the things I was curious to get your take on is, you know, last year, one of the things we said often was like Hawkinson kind of fell into that de facto wide receiver two role in the passing game, second option. Thielen kind of, you know, lost the step, wasn't able to kind of get the separation like he used to. Hawkinson kind of stepped into that role. And so a lot of the things that we've seen in the offseason, a lot of the things that are written, especially when you're like looking at like fantasy football and things like that, they take the Hawkinson kind of, you know, performance from last year and then they well over a 16 game sample this is what it looks like and this is where he'd be and he'd be like tight end whatever and all of that other stuff and what i'm curious is what i'm curious on i'm looking to get your take on is like you bring in someone like a jordan addison who is an exceptional wide receiver by all accounts how do we see that impacting tj hawkinson's numbers and i guess thinking beyond that hawkinson being a player that they also need to figure out what they want to do with long term does that maybe make you think differently about what you need to do with a Hawkinson? Like, do you still need to take him to, you know, a, you know, maybe market setting sort of deal in the tight end space? Uh, Or do you potentially end up, you know, letting him ride it out and looking to get a comp pick back or some from, from him, because you know that you have other players that can kind of pick up that slack with an Addison and, 
uh, you know, a KJ Naylor is looking great in OTAs, but is that Naylor or is that our DBs? You know, time will tell. Uh, so I guess what are your thoughts on that? Like, which way, like, how are you handling the rest of the passing attack after JJ? Again, if it's you having to make all these really tough decisions. Yeah, well, I, I think you're basically looking at like a KJ Osborne or a TJ Hawkinson type long-term extension. I think they're going to bring back at least one of them. And based off what they just paid to go get TJ Hawkinson, it seems like he'd be the, the easy choice to keep. And his numbers as a tight end, even if, even if they're in that 12, 13, 14, $15 million per range, still doesn't really touch what a lot of the wide receivers get nowadays. So I think you can probably feel better about Hawkinson. And I think even if the Vikings couldn't find a way to extend Hawkinson this offseason, the franchise tag isn't that expensive for, for a tight end. It's like, what, $12 million next year? It'll be 12, 12-ish million probably in that range, 11, 12, 13, somewhere within that range. I don't think that's bad. Like the, It gives the Vikings flexibility to not lose Hawkinson for nothing um, and, and because they have that cap flexibility next year but also not have to lock into a long-term deal. Um, if they can't come to an agreement now. Um, so that, that, that to me, I think gives them flexibility because there's no way you'd franchise tag a KJ Osborne. That number is way too high. And I think he's gotten better, but I just don't think he's worth probably what he might get on the open market next year. So um, I think, I think you should extend Hawkinson. I obviously there's a number and a limit, but I think in that Dallas Goddard range, I think, what is that? 13, 12, $13 million, 14 million per about 14, like, 14 somewhere in that. I, yeah. I, and with the, with the cap continuing to go up, I don't see an issue with that at all. But if we start getting into more of that 15, 16, 17 number and like those numbers in the guaranteed numbers just continuing to go up, that's where to me, I get a little bit murky. Like, all right, like, I don't know if even with the future cap going up, I don't know if I see that as worth it, but again, they, he's a, he's a good player. I think he's a good inside out player and he's a good, like true wide tight end that the Vikings have kind of been missing since peak Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> right. And so like, I, and, but I mean, I think Hawkins is upside higher, but like, I think, I think they, I think he'd be a good, a good piece to extend um, for that reason, because he, again, whether it's Kirk or whatever, whether it's a rookie young quarterback, they need pieces to throw to. And the one thing that as shitty as the defense is the offense is in a really great spot. Whether it, again, whether it's for Kirk or whether it's for a new quarterback, like that offense is set and ready to go with a, an offensive slated head coach too. So I think, I think you want to keep those pieces in place as best you can because they're right. young and they're, and, they're, and they're young too. I was just gonna say, and they're young too. It's not like they're yeah they're in like some some like the defenders. They're getting older. No, these players are hitting their peak, their prime, and so I, I think you should continue to ride that wave. Boom. Last question, rapid fire, because you kind of alluded at it, mm-hmm. you hinted at it a couple times here. And of all people, Eric Eager is the one who put this into the, the Vikings blogosphere online, kind of stirred up a frenzy this week, talking about, hey, maybe the sharp thing for the Vikings to do is to extend Kirk Cousins. So you don't have to go fully, you know, deep diving in it. Eric mm-hmm. was on, you know, Purple Daily. He was on Purple Insider and a couple other places. So if you're looking to go like deep into Eric's take on on kind of why he thinks that might be a thing to do, you can hop over, check those things out. But I'm looking just for Miles. Your uh, your quick thoughts on like Kirk Cousins extension. Should we do it? Should we not do it? And like just quickly, why or why not? Well, I mean, I've always been in the camp that I want to see this team and this franchise 
go make an aggressive move at a quarterback in the draft. They don't do it ever, if often, ever, if often at all. I think Teddy was probably the – Teddy might be the only quarterback they've ever gone up to trade for into the first round, and that was like coming back from they, – they, it was a 30-second pick, so let's not act like they went and spent a lot to go do it and be aggressive. That was just – they're like – so they, they still picked Anthony Barr ninth. Like, so, like, it's one of those situations. I want to see this team go be aggressive and go get a top – that doesn't mean that guy's going to pan out, but like, I want to see this team take a chance to go get a guy with truly high upside. Um, like, go get that guy because they're never going to be bad enough to like get that first, second, third pick. And so, like, I want to see that aggression. But to answer your question about Kirk, I think my 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 biggest hiccup has always been what's the structure? We could talk about extending Kirk all day long, but all Kirk's deals with the Vikings have been fully guaranteed deals or damn near fully guaranteed deals that turned into fully guaranteed at, at times that benefited Kirk. Right. So I, I wouldn't, I'd be okay giving Kirk an extension, but I like a Derek Carr type of extension. I'm not giving Kirk a, Hey, here's another two years, $80 million fully guaranteed type shit. Like that's what he's been signing. And that's that, those are the type of deals he's, he's been getting from this team. I'm not, I'm not, I'm out on that. Like I do a one year extension if, but clearly Kirk doesn't want to do that because why not just hit free agency? Right. Like, so unless the Vikings are getting Kirk at like a Derek Carr type type of extension where it's very team friendly, team flexible, fine, because you could do whatever you want with that after a year. But if it's one of these two year, three year majority of its guaranteed type deals, I'm out. Like that's just they, they gotta get themselves out of that because of the things we talked about earlier. You got Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, eventually Christian Derrick. Like you have a lot of guys, but then you also still need to use that cap space to rebuild that defense too. Like there's a lot of things that still need to go into fixing this team that you continue to hinder yourself with as Kirk continues to get older. So it's not just about Kirk not being a good player. It's just about when that peak hits or when that, that cliff starts to fall and the rest of your team starting to rise up, but that quarterback might be starting to come down, but he's still making money up here. Like you kind of got to find that true middle ground or you got to move on. Yeah. And like, you know, these, these conversations always end up becoming uh I think too polarizing. And like you've said many yeah. times, it is about the nuance. It is about the middle. It's not about Kirk being a bad player. It's about right. building a team that can win overall and having a good quarterback, having a quarterback like Kirk, if you can make it work great. But the problem is at some point, you know, is Kirk good enough with the money and the deficiencies you're likely to have in other places for your team to be able to, we have a to not just like make the playoffs, but to be yeah. actually good and do some damage in the playoffs. And like, Fair, unfair. We have a sample size now that says like a five year sample size. Yeah. With the it says our ceiling might be the first round of the playoffs. So, uh, all right. We made it through all the things on the sheet. Uh, you know, for all y'all watching, listening, you know, thanks for rolling with us. Uh, thanks to, again to our amazing sponsors, Lake Monster, That's Badass Wood, and Eastside Jiu Jitsu. And if you like what you heard here, subscribe, ring the bell. And come back often. We will get back into our groove. We'll likely be coming out with shows every week from here through the offseason. So check back in. That's it. That's all. We'll talk to you soon. Skull.